Shush Box Podcast, a safe space for self-expression, healing, and empowerment. Brought to you by Chani Ra, writer and artist. Self-love and embodiment coach, Jacqueline Michelle. And Sunita, founder of Shushbox, the wellness platform supporting survivors of sexual trauma. Beautiful listeners, Jacqueline Michelle here as your host for today's Shushbox podcast. Today, we are connecting with Lenore Black, a sex witch, cowgirl, and a conscious kink facilitator. Join us in this boisterous conversation of how the world of BDSM and kink can be tools to healing sexual trauma and becoming an embodied individual. I do want to state a trigger warning for some of our listeners, as we do briefly discuss of how sometimes our bodies respond with arousal to situations that may be very similar to our assaults, as well as other forms of kink that may be confusing or offensive to a group of people, yet therapeutic and healing for others when they are interacted in a somatic, consensual, and intentional way. At Shushbox, we aim to be very inclusive in the various different coping mechanisms that we venture through as survivors. All of our stories are unique, and all of our stories are valid. Hello, Lenore. Hello, hello. How are you, darling? <laughs> oh, so good. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, thank you for being here. It's such an honor to have you. I've been a big fan of your work for such a long time. You have such a beautiful language between like BDSM, conscious kink, and just getting in touch with yourself and spirituality. And I feel mm. like it's there's so many layers of like taboo yet liberating subjects that you bring union to so well. So, oh, thank you so really, much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, but for our listeners who are new to your name and to your work, uh, tell us a little bit of about yourself. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny because I'm in this whole like, I'm like, who am I even right now? <laughs> but so so some of the parts of myself. Um, so I'm a sex witch. I'm also just kind of like just a wild woman. Like I've, I've just felt very, um, I focused so much on liberating myself sexually for so long that now I'm focusing on just like liberating myself in all of the ways from everything. So it feels really amazing. Um, yeah. So I do coaching and courses. Um, and yeah, I'm starting, I'm like starting a bunch of like in-person retreats and stuff, um, coming soon. So yeah, it feels like I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything right now. I love it. Yeah. I, it's, it's sacred witch or sex witch. Am I mistaken? Yeah. yeah what is it called again? I, I love it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm so curious. Um, oh yeah. Or the, the course that I have, um, is sacred slut, but yeah. So basically for me, I always say that I was just kind of born a sex, witch. like, it was kind of, I was like, I started masturbating super early. So I was just like obsessed with sex. And then I always wanted to be a witch when I grew up, but it was kind of very much like I was super into Harry Potter. So to me, it felt like, oh, this is a fantasy. Like it's not real. Right. And then I remember, I think I watched the movie, the craft, um, maybe when I was like 10 and this was about when Google was becoming a big thing. And I was just like, wait, holy shit, witchcraft is real. Like I can actually do this. This is great. So yeah, I feel like kind of my whole life's journey has been, um, kind of like examining and kind of like absorbing reality through the lens of like sex and spirituality. Beautiful. I love that. It sounds so liberating and juicy, but it just sounds so exciting. Something that you said, (laughs) yeah, I love it. (laughs) Something, 
that you said was like, you started your journey on, on like liberating yourself as a sexual being. And then mm. you decided to kind of, um, bring more union into all compartments of your life. So I would yeah. love to know that journey of like what the, di- how liberating yourself sexually went and then what the difference is where the union is between liberating yourself sexually and then your entire oh, life. Yes. Oh, this is such a good question. I love this. So, so for me, because, you know, big fan of sex, extremely sexual person. So I always joke that I'm like liberating yourself sexually. Like I feel like for so many people, it feels like kind of the scariest thing, but I'm like, dude, it's the funnest. (laughs) It's also just like the easiest. And I also feel like, you know, we have life force energy, orgasm energy. Like it's all so interconnected that to me, sexuality is like a lightning rod that kind of like goes through our body and just like electrifies everything and touches everything and affects everything in this like really beautiful way. And so I was so focused on sex for so long. And I thought that I was going to learn almost like all of my lessons in life through sex. And I learned most of them through (laughs) sex, but not quite all of them. And so so yeah, it's been, um, and, and this is kind of what we'll get into lately as well. Like my relationship to sexuality has always been super complicated. So it's like, like sex is like, yes, this powerful, like liberating, like amazing fucking earth shattering force. Um, but it can also be a prison. It can also be something that we're totally afraid of that we want nothing to do with, or that feels like it's too, um, like it has too much control over our lives. And so I feel so much of my journey has been the riding that kind of delicate balance between like, okay, how is sex and sexuality and like expression of my sexuality serving me? And like, at times it really isn't. And so it's kind of this, this very delicate balance, um, in my life. So it kind of became this thing, which is part of why I feel like so much has changed in my business in the past year too, where I was just like, so focused on sex. It was like professionally, personally, like I'm a huge pervert. Like I love having lots of recreational activities and fun, sexy time in my life. (laughs) And it just became this thing where I was like, holy shit. Like, I feel like this is the only way in which I relate to the world. And so it's been this kind of like beautiful, just like expansion of also like, like, like the power of sexuality, but then also like the power of so many other things. Like right now we can talk about this more later, but I'm like really into learning like self-defense and like Mm -hmm. learning to work with firearms and like things that I never thought I would be into. Like I grew up in rural Michigan. So I was like, Oh, I do not like guns. I do not want to be anywhere near them. Um, but just kind of like also exploring kind of this, like the nature of like violence Mm. and aggression and kind of these like other, um, which to me, it was funny. Like here I am preaching about like, yeah, be sexy. Like let your, let your inner flag fly, be a freak, like do whatever. And then violence. I was like, Oh yeah, no, I don't like that. We don't talk about that. And it's just so much of like the intersection of what I feel like, um, our culture is kind of currently dealing with is like, we're completely bombarded by sex and completely bombarded by violence. And we're not supposed to talk about any of those things. And yet we're like, it's so in our face, but we're not truly connected to these very natural yeah. elements of the human experience, which is just really wild. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've just been on this kind of like nature 
um, kind of violence kick in like a fun, like empowering way. And just feeling like I'm not so afraid of that anymore. Like it doesn't scare me as much as it used to. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. And like I was saying before we started recording, this is like, I feel like we're on the same journey. Like we're both very sexually expressive, very naked, very into Mm -hmm. sex and sex is a beautiful thing, but it comes to a certain point in the way that we relate to ourselves in the world, that it really isn't everything. And, and I'm going to reframe this and the language is going to be a little bit tricky. I think exploited sex isn't everything, but Mm -hmm. sex is everything in the sense of like the energetic potency that is life. And to be a true sexual being is like, how in tuned can you be in touch with yourself, with your flavors, Mm -hmm. with your mysticism, with your life force, both in the violence and in the complete Mm -hmm. peace and and calmness of of existence. And it's like, we really don't have this like guidance. Like we don't have this navigation we have an an internal navigation within our own bodies, but we haven't been taught to listen to that. So it's kind of like we're all kind of thrown into the weeds of, all right, figure it out. Um, But I think it's really cool. I love when people recreate themselves because it really is an ego death. You're letting go of not only the way that you're presenting yourself to the world and the way that people relate to you, but also the way that you thought about yourself. It's like, well, who Mm. am I if I'm no longer expressing myself in this way? And will I still be received in the same magnitude that I was before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you and I seem, I know we've talked about this before very lightly, like we have very similar pasts and it's like mm-hmm. sex has been a very big part of our life since childhood. Mm-hmm. And we know that childhood is, I mean, we absorb so much information and it really is a, a, a hardcore foundation of how we become adults. So it's also like the sense of like healing. How can I make sure that I still allow myself to be sexually expressive without it being the the crutch in which I lean on. Right. You know? Oh my and God. It's so, like, so when it's been around, like I, you're thir- 31, I believe. Yeah. I'm 25. So it's like, we've spent like a couple decades, like with <laughs> sexuality, like yeah. right there, be, like next to us. Like, okay. How, and it really is cool. So I'm, I'm excited. I was telling you earlier, I was like, I'm so glad we're on like the same thing. Yes, kind of like, yes. okay, what, what is happening here? And the beauty that is sex too. It's like, I've had conversations with other women before on this podcast on like how we are so trained to think that sexuality or sex is like genitals rubbing together. Mm, oh, it really yes. is so much. It's so much more mm. pleasurable and so much more entertaining than yep. that. It really, really, really is. So Oh my God. I'm already like getting goosebumps. This yes, is so amazing. Girl. I love it. I, <laughs> I know. Love it. I always, my favorite phrase is I'm like, I'm like, dude, I just turned my life into like a kinky erotic immersive theater experience. Like everything yeah. around me is sex, like constantly, like it's just so fun. And like, and it's just, and it's in my head too. It doesn't have to be this like physical expression. It doesn't have to be creepy or whatever. Like you can just have your own little thoughts and keep them to yourself. And it's just yeah. fun. It just makes life more fun. <laughs> it really does. It's experimental. How many different yeah. ways can I, can I feel? Yes, um, yes. So I have two questions. I do want to know how this journey of expanding, like this new level of your life of kind of liberation and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I would love to get into how you got into kink, but we'll yeah. start with the first question and then migrate into the other. Cool. So yeah, so kind of this, um, yeah, my journey of sexual liberation has been like, it's, been, it's, it's interesting because yeah, it's like my relationship with sexuality has just been constantly evolving throughout my life. And, and I love that you talked about it being a crutch too. And I think that's where kind of my most recent, um, 
meltdown, we'll call it. <laughs> just kind of like, you know what? Fuck this. Like I just woke up and I was like, oh my God, like, like here I am talking about um it's and you know, so much of our work is based off of alignment, right? And it's like I, I'm not ever going to be one of those people that just like has my message and I say my message and I don't give a fuck about how I'm feeling that day or whatever. Like I am just like such a sensitive little entrepreneur sometimes that I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Like I have to, I always have to be speaking like the absolute truth of how I'm feeling in that moment. And it just started to become a thing where I was like realizing how much I was using my sexuality as a crutch and mm-hmm. almost as a cloak. Mm-hmm. in through which I was able to feel safe. Like it was like sexuality being hypersexual feels safe to me because mm-hmm. it's this person that I've always been. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's like, I don't think I'm ever not going to be that person either. Um, like it is definitely very much a part of me. Like I said, huge pervert, very proud of it. Like it's, it's never going to like go away and and I wouldn't want it to, but, but it's almost just like, yeah, like kind of integrating it and expanding it and feeling like, oh, people like it when I talk about other things too. Like I don't, you know, they receive me well in this state, like, okay, or maybe, and it's like, it's so hard. Cause you know, obviously we all know Instagram is like, and social media in general is so difficult to like express yourself sexually. And so it's like, if I could get away with what I really wanted to post, like I would definitely probably still be doing that. But it was almost like, um, my Instagram got deleted. I ended up getting it back, but it was like, it was kind of just this wake up call where I was like, damn, you really, cause I was like, oh, I can't post anything. Like I felt like completely creatively stifled, like all my pic, like I can't post any of the pictures I want. I can't say what I want to say. And I was like, wow, you have, there's so many other things that you can talk about and, and using it as this way of almost like, like I was kind of in the victim mode of like, fuck this, I'm pissed. I hate this app, like whatever. But then it became like, okay, well, how can you take this and turn it into something else? Mm-hmm. And how can this feel like a fun kind of like exciting challenge? And, and so, yeah, it's been, so that's been, I feel yeah. like a lot in my life. Yeah. You made like a really, uh, a really, you really rocked it. Cause I feel like now you have like this, like witchy western vibe to you and I'm like oh shit you made a big like a 180 but it's just as cool and just as fascinating I'm like okay and so vulnerable dude and like kudos to that because I feel like I haven't even really spoken on like my thing on Instagram about like my year has been like and I'm like okay cool like cool yeah Um, it's funny it's like the phrase um what do I say I'm an emotional exhibitionist so (laughs) so I'm like if I have feelings and I don't talk about them online like did I even feel anything (laughs) like I don't understand (laughs) that is hilarious I love it I love it I love it so uh yeah so how did you get into first of all like what is conscious kink how did you get into it and how can it help people reconnect to themselves in general? Mm, yes. Yeah, so, so I came to, okay. So yeah. So I was like, I was a compulsive masturbator when I was a kid, like very sexually active um, or curious at a young age. And then, then I, I, so I actually was kinky when I was a kid as well. Like I was really into the idea of like women being kind of like tied up and helpless. And I remember it was like the lyrics of a song. I actually like, misheard the lyrics of the song and so I was imagining this like woman kind of like chained up in a base it's such it's so dirty right I'm like and even as a little kid I was like oh that is hot like there was just something like really really hot about it and so so I always say like 
I was already sexually curious. I was already kinky. And then, um, I, you know, lived through some childhood sexual abuse. I was, um, in like a child sex trafficking kind of thing, but it was also like, it was extremely confusing. So it's like, that's, um, you know, so much of the narrative about sex trafficking these days is like, you know, slavery and stuff, which it does happen. And it's horrific. Um, but I was like, I thought this guy was my boyfriend. Like it was someone where it was like, I was, um, deeply, deeply manipulated. So mm-hmm. I almost really didn't like, it took me years to be able to pull it apart in my head because I was like, well, I was just doing the thing that my boyfriend told me to do. So, and he loved me and that's why this happened. And it's like, it became this, like, and that's also been like a really, um, really big still continues to be a really big part of my healing journey is that kind of like Stockholm syndrome kind of thing where it's like this you know horrific person was also what I thought was my first relationship so it became this like so that kind of like really sticky so so it was interesting because from a very young age I had to pull apart these really complicated sticky ideas where it's like um you know, sometimes it's, and I'm not saying it's easier by any means, but it's like, oh, you know, I was the clear victim in this thing. And it's, you have that like identity, right. And and it feels good to be like, okay, you know, this happened, what, uh, you know, whatever. Um, But for me, it was like, I couldn't, I was like, oh, am I a victim? Am I a predator? Am I this? Like, it was just so much to kind of like unpack. So and, you know, un, you know, everyone reacts to these things differently. And I believe because I was already like pretty, pretty horny kid, I just became like super horny after all this happened. <laughs> like, it was just like, I was like 13 years old was a very fully functioning sexual being and, um, you know, had a lot of trauma. And so I struggled with compulsive sexual behavior. So it was like, I I call it sex addiction. Some people these days want to say that sex addiction isn't real or whatever. My definition of sex addiction is if it's, it's not like, oh, I just want to masturbate all the time because it feels good or whatever. It's like, if it is actively harming your life, if it's basically something like, instead of cutting your wrist, you're meeting up with an older guy on the internet to sleep with and you feel terrible afterwards, like kind of not super healthy. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so that's how I define it. But, um, but yeah, so I went through this phase where I was just like, and, uh, and I was kinky before this. Right. So then after the sexual abuse, it was like, my kinks just went like, like a kaleidoscope of like, Oh my God, I was weird before. And now I'm like super weird. Like, and, and, and that was something I felt a lot of shame about and that, um, you know, parts of my sexual abuse were kind of bleeding into my fantasies and changing my fantasies. And, and I was like, Oh no, like I, so I almost totally pushed it away. So I, in the beginning, I was like, I can't, I don't even want to think about this or whatever turns me on, like is dangerous. And then from there, so this was when I was kind of in my biggest part of my sex addiction mode when I was a teenager, And so from there, it became this thing where it was like, I realized what I was doing because I met my abuser online and um, I realized what I was doing was recreating my abuse scenario over and over and over and over again. 
And it would always leave me feeling horrible about myself, horrible about my future. Like it was, um, like it was the darkest, worst time in my life. And it was because I didn't bring any intention to it. I didn't even know how to at at that point, you know, right? Like there was nothing about this shit on the internet back then. So I was just like, all right, we're just living life, figuring it out. And so I started to kind of come back to kink. Um, this was maybe when I was like, 1920 um ish it felt it felt a little and it actually wasn't like oh i came back to kink because it felt safe no actually it was just my sex addiction became kind of boring meeting random dudes off the internet so i was like well what's the next most fucked up thing i can do oh i know let's have them tie me up and beat me or something and so then it became this kind of like this again i got to it from like a dark place um but i started playing with my daddy kink And that was what it was like, oh my God. It was like my world simultaneously kind of shattered. Like it felt like, holy fuck, this is really fucked up. Like, why am I into this? And, but also like, oh my God, like I feel so held. I feel so loved. I feel so seen. And so it was just this really like beautiful experience um, that kind of completely came out of nowhere and wasn't something I really consciously necessarily wanted to explore. Um, but yeah, so that became, sorry, I'm like such a long answer to this. Yeah, no, it's so interesting. (laughs) It really is. And I really like that you're showing like the, I really like the vulnerability and the uh, like transparency of like, you can come from a really thick wounded, uh, wounded place and go through this long journey of it becomes your healing medicine. Yeah. And and that's what I'm really saying. I mean, it's a thick story, but I'm like, I I know the ending. So I'm like, yes, like, let me hear it. Yes. So, um, oh, hi, my puppy's saying hi. Um, so yeah, so it was like, I had kind of started exploring this and, and I was realizing like, oh my God, this actually makes me feel really good. And I will say too, um, you know, I understand like the daddy thing can be different for everybody, but for me, it's like, my dad was actually fine. Like he never did anything weird to me when I was a kid. So it's like, to me, daddy space is actually like very safe space, but I understand for some people like that might not be the case. Um, but it's just kind of like, I found that when, when I was, you know, kind of repeating that pattern, my sex addiction pattern, where it's like, meet a guy off the internet, feel terrible about yourself, do it again, do it again, do it again. I found through conscious kink, and this is kind of where I feel like the distinction is, through conscious kink, I was able to interrupt that pattern mm-hmm. and almost like create my new, create a new story because my sex addiction cycle felt like a pattern that I was trapped in, like a prison, like it had so much power over me and, and I gave it so much power over me. Whereas conscious kink allowed me to be like, okay, you know what? let me rewrite this story. Like I'm not necessarily trying to change what happened to me, but I'm going to change the characters. I'm going to change the setting. I'm going to change everything about it. And actually I'm going to have it have a really happy ending. And so it became this like, again, kind of kinky erotic immersive theater experience where I was just like, (laughs) okay, like I'm really just going to completely rewrite this whole story. And so that was where um, conscious kink for me really just like exploded. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm actually in, and I I'm in control of this now. I have power over it and it feels really good. Like, it's not even like I'm forcing this kind of control. It was just like, 
oh, like now it feels easy. Almost like, fuck, things felt so hard for so long. And I was like, now it's easy. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. One thing that I want to point out that it sounds like from your story is that there's a difference between the kink that you were experiencing and then the Mm. conscious kink that Mm. you were experiencing. And I feel like with kink, whenever we're exploring bondage or BDSM or or those type of like control dynamics Mm -hmm. from a place of woundedness or from a place of just trying to heal or really disassociate from what's really Mm -hmm. happening. It's like, okay, yeah, you're not healing. But I know that whenever it comes to like conscious kink and conscious BDSM, people think, I think the media hasn't portrayed it very well. Like we think it's like pain and dungeon and blood, but Mm -hmm. in reality, it's deep, deep communication. Yes. There is a lot of intimacy. There's a lot of trust. And for so many survivors, I know I call this the taboo within the taboo. There's a lot of survivors out there that their system gets aroused by things that were similar to their assaults because that's how their body learned to receive that type of touch, you know? And I feel like within the community, like we're not really talking about that. Cause like I said, it's like the taboo within the taboo, but Mm -hmm. in reality, like I would say two things to that. Cause I kind of recreated my same scenario and then I took control of my scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really is like, sometimes the nervous system needs to recreate that act like you said, but with a different ending yeah. and, and, and oh. it really does. There is so much healing. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to go into the world of BDSM or kink, mm-hmm. uh, but at least sitting with the shadow of your arousal, the darkness yes. of your arousal, and understanding that Ugh. it isn't Just got goosebumps. So yeah, powerful. girl, like understanding that it isn't like, I can definitely understand the shame and self-disgust. I felt so dirty with mine mm-hmm. and, but it really, like whenever you sit down and you realize that sometimes the body's wisdom isn't going to make logical sense. And sometimes the body's wisdom is going to say like, Hey, this is what we're accustomed to. This is what we know. So we're Mm -hmm. just going to stay here until something, something else gives. And because we aren't our body and I don't mean to get woo woo, but we are in our body. We're the observers We're our body's a vessel. And whenever we get to like, take a moment to sit down and say like, okay, like what is happening and how can I recreate the scenario and treat my central nervous system in a way that calms itself. Yeah. You know, and it's a really beautiful thing. Like it can, it can be done through this. It can be done through self-pleasure. It can be done through spending a year not touching your body at all because that's the most sexually liberating thing (laughs) is to not touch yourself at all. (laughs) So yeah, I really, really love that. And I really love, um, your, your story and your vulnerability and like how I I think I said this before, but I say this all the time, like our wound is our genius, like that is our medicine. Um, and so it's really awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. And, and something that I like to talk about with conscious kink as well. So for me, I am very much, I love role playing. Like that's really my biggest kink is like, I like the, the rope and the chains and the things, but it's like, at the end of the day, like my brain is my biggest kinky tool. And so for me, it feels really good to directly kind of play with more of like storyline type stuff. Whereas I've worked with clients where maybe their kinks are like, or not necessarily even their kinks, but like they have sexual trauma that's body-based. And so they're like, hey, let's do, or or I'm like, okay, let's do like a sensual rope ritual Mm -hmm. with the purpose of connecting you to your body. So we don't need to go into the story. We don't need to go into the details or anything. Like if that doesn't feel good, but you can just use kink consciously as a tool. Yeah. So it's like, maybe they're not even really that kinky. They're just kind of like, okay, let's just, it's more of like the catharsis of like the pain and kind of the suffering and like the enduring um, through that. And not that I really go too hardcore with pain. Cause I don't think you necessarily need to, but, but yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely want to speak on that. Cause uh, I would say that 
I think of like BDSM and kink. I would say I'm in the community, but a very, very light flowery version Mm -hmm. to kind of like give it. But to me, I think of it as somatic therapy, like for Shibari or the rope bondage, like I'm claustrophobic. So I don't want my limbs. Like I want to be able to move my knees and elbows. Mm -hmm. But for me having the number one, it's beautiful. And having the sensual somatic experience of feeling the different types of rope wrap itself around different parts of my body and different types of pressure, like that helped me so much with mm-hmm. just feeling. Cause I went through yeah. a big portion of my life where I literally couldn't feel my hand on my own body. Like that's mm-hmm. how this and rope play like was like, okay, look, you can, you can feel look, you yes, know? Yeah. And then on top of that, um, whenever like the tying would end, it felt like, you know, how like weighted blankets help with anxiety mm-hmm. to me, like being tied, like helped. It was like that feeling of being held and yes. oh. my anxiety too. And then when it came to like the pinwheel, or like the whips or different type of flogging. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of pain, like don't hurt me, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like that soft, that soft sensation. And to me, it like, I feel like there's so many different degrees to in BDSM and kink. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be like, you know, painful or humiliation and things mm-hmm. that level. It can be just somatic therapy. Yes, completely. Sexual experience. And yeah. that is something that has really helped me a lot. Yeah. So that's, so yeah, when I talk about conscious kink, it's like, you can do it kind of like in a very direct way where you're like really, really diving into your story and, you know, changing the ending, changing the middle, changing the beginning, whatever you, whatever feels good. Um, or you can just use conscious kink as just a tool to connect you to your body and kind of that ritual healing process, which I guess that's, that's probably the essence of my sex witchiness is like, and what I bring to my clients is more of just like ritual as a healing process or ritual as, um, even ritual as like, uh, I can't think of the word, um, like moving into another phase of your life, ritual as transformation. Yeah. Something I know, uh, for a while, whenever I first got into like the spiritual community rituals and whatnot, seemed very woo woo to me. I was Mm -hmm. like, what what is this rock and this candle? Like what is happening? (laughs) But I read this book uh, called the power of the subconscious mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. And he said something that was really fascinating to me of why people like why indigenous tribes and witches in general used um, ritualistic things, like why Mm -hmm. there was candles and why there was herbs and why there were rocks. And it's not to say that those, those herbs and those uh, like crystals don't have their own energy, but our subconscious mind is what is connected to universal intelligence. And that's where our behaviors and that's where our conditioning comes from. It's deep. It's not the conscious it's subconscious. Mm -hmm. So when we create this ritualistic space, however you want that ritualistic space to look like it, you're the subconscious mind, which works with like symbols and like mysticism, Mm -hmm. like it it absorbs so much more because it's believe like it kind of believe, I hope I worded that well, but it it really is a science to creating a sacred space for healing or activation or manifestation or what, what have you, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's so powerful too, because my background comes from ceremonial magic. So it's like the ritual is like the everything and there's like an initiation process. And it's kind of like, it's like, I can't really talk about it, but it's like what you would see on TV, right? A bunch of naked witches and like the incense and the things and like, we're saying words and, and it's meant to, um, and something that I thought was really powerful about all these rituals was that we use the same incense every single time and that it becomes like a trigger in your brain. That's like, and, and then through kind of the practices that we do, you kind of go into like a trance mode. And actually what I thought, um, which I don't really do rituals like this in my personal life necessarily. This was kind of just within this tradition of ceremonial magic, but something that I thought was cool about it was using the same 
incense every time using opening the circle in the same way saying it's almost like every ritual was very similar other than like a few little tweaks but that allowed your mind to just relax Mm -hmm. and you go you went into this like really beautiful kind of trance-like state because all of your senses are being activated but it's also incredibly familiar as well well, you want to come up here, Jasper, and say hi. Um, <laughs> but it's also incredibly familiar as well. So it's like it just it just becomes this like yeah like DNA altering kind of experience, which is just so fucking so cool. Honestly, it's just really cool. <laughs> it is, it is, and even then, like the the body and the mind love aestheticism. So like mm-hmm. even just seeing something beautiful that you think is beautiful automatically puts the body at ease. And and when it comes to like sexual healing or connecting to the body in any level, like you want your central nervous system to be open and to be calm and to love its surroundings. I love when like, it's not Champa for me, like Mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. house reeks of it. And it's like, when that is set, like there is this like, okay, cool. I can, I can get into my creative space or I can get into my body on a very just simple, like nervous system type of thing. Yeah. Yes. So I have a question for our listeners. I'm curious as to like, if somebody is wanting to begin to branch into conscious kink, but it's Mm -hmm. feeling very disassociated or very out of touch with their body. What are some tidbits to kind of help them get into that space or prepare themselves for? And then what are perhaps some, some, some triggers or some blockages that may come up during that process and how to move so good. Okay. So I would definitely assume that you're going to be triggered and that actually that that's a good thing. So I'm someone that, um, you know, I am an intense person, but, but I dive head first into triggers. Like I am very, and I, I understand that at different um, parts of the healing stage that that might not be the best idea, but as long as you're kind of in a place where you feel like you're even willing to start exploring this. Um, but also it's funny too, because it's like, I think in some ways I describe my work as like kind of scary and it's, it's really not like it's, it's meant to be intense. It's meant to be deeply confronting. Um, but also it's, it's sex. So it's fun. (laughs) Like it's still at the end of the day, like it's, it's meant to feel good or like turn you on or like, so it's, so I'm like, never forget like those pieces. Um, and it's funny because I remember, the first time a partner made me squirt and I'm not really much of a squirter. So it kind of happens like completely randomly when I'm not thinking about it, not focusing on it. Um, so he made me squirt and I started bawling, like instantly Mm. bawling. And it was so beautiful because he was actually kind of a kink expert type of dude. So he was just like holding space for me. Um, like so instantly just like, it's, you know, it's okay. Just let it out. Like blah, blah. Whereas then it happened again with like an ex-boyfriend a couple years later and I started bawling again and he's like, Oh my God, what did I do? Are you okay? Like he just like stopped the whole flow of everything. And I'm like, I'm fine. Just, just let me do this. Yeah, I'm <laughs> processing. I'm releasing shit. Exactly. It's so beautiful when like, I feel like we forget we're not taught this, like sex is literally a sacred energy exchange. Yes, yes. And like, if you feel the need to cry or scream or laugh mm-hmm, or come, mm-hmm. like that's energy moving through your body. Yes, that's like yes. trauma being released. That's yes. love coming oh. in. Like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I shaking, just, yeah, tremors, shaking, convulsing, like, like whatever yeah. it is. Like, and I think that porn has really given us this, like this very linear of like what mm-hmm. sex is supposed to look and sound like. And it's like, yep. and that looks good. Like there's some really beautiful porn out there, but mm-hmm. it's so much better when you just really let energy 
energy in motion, emotion mm-hmm. moves through your body. Yes. Um, yep. yep. And I think for the biggest thing I will say is if you want to just kind of start on your own. Like I think I think um one thing that kinksters do that I feel like the vanilla world could really learn from is just also experimenting, right? So maybe we have this particular fantasy that is like, okay, I've got my conscious kink fantasy. I know exactly how this is going to heal me. Maybe it's some like crazy kidnapping thing or something. And so you're like, all right, we're going to do this. Okay, well, don't just dive right into it because because it'll be it may not end up the way that you thought it was going to. Um, and that it's, you just have to kind of play with these things a little bit, these ideas, these concepts before you just go diving like headfirst into this really intense triggering like fantasy. And so, um, so for me, it was like, you know, before I felt like I really dove into my daddy thing, it was like, all I started was just by saying the word. And it was like, whoa, okay. Ooh, okay. This is feeling interesting. This is feeling scary. This is feeling weird, but also really arousing. And so then through just playing with it, that's when I really kind of was able to develop my whole little backstory and everything that now it's like, I got that shit dialed into a T, but it's like, it kind of took me just playing with it and being okay. And it also feels less scary to kind of just like maybe slowly integrate these things into your life. So um, something that I think is really fun too. So maybe, maybe for you, um, pain is something you kind of want to explore a little bit, but it's still like, uh, I don't know anybody that would give that to me. I don't know anyone I would trust enough, whatever. So clothespins are my favorite thing where it's like, you can put them on your nipples. Mine are super sensitive. So I'm like, fuck that. But, um, but even just like, on I'm your like, skin, kind of, on yeah. like tender parts of your skin and things like yep. that tender parts of your skin and just like sitting with that and just, and almost feeling like, Ooh, I just got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps so much. I love it. So good. (laughs) Um, but even just, um, allowing yourself, like, you know, so much of us, as we talked about, like, we're so disembodied, we're so in our heads. So it's like, it's almost like forced embodiment to just be like, Oh, I'm going to put this little, yeah. um, good clothespin on my hand or, or like on my pussy lips. Like that's, that's my big one that I really like. <laughs> Very um, wild. Cause it's like, I know it's like so kinky and weird, but it's like not really that painful. I mean, on your clit, it fucking hurts, but I would know like, the labia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something that feels like kind of extreme, right. Yeah. But it's like really like just household items. Um, an ice cube is also a really good one mm-hmm. where you're just kind of playing with ice cubes. Temperature. And you can even use like a warm yeah. rag or a heart rag and things like that. So that's kind of like some nice little physical kind of just like getting your body used to like the physical sensations of kink and just kind of using it as an embodiment tool on your own. And then once you feel comfortable and you start to kind of branch out. So this is, Oh, this is a good, I'm glad you asked this question because it reminded me of something. This is something I deal with, with my clients a lot where they're like, okay, so I want to try this thing, but my partner is fucking terrified of it or mm-hmm. they don't want like my partner doesn't want to spank me because he doesn't want to hurt me or whatever um or he doesn't want to be called daddy because it kind of weirds him out or you know it's like people or they just haven't even asked even you know they're just like i just know that this person would not be into it and they would not be cool with it and whatever so with that i always say that um not that you really not that we should have to justify our desires by any means, but taking the time to really kind of like 
do a little bit of homework on it and say like coming to your partner or play partner, friend, whatever, and being like, Hey, so this daddy thing I want to explore is really important to me because of this reason. And I really think that it can be something that can really help me just like relax into my body, be super present with the experience. Um, are you willing to kind of try that with me versus coming up to someone and being like, Hey, can I call you daddy in bed? And they're like, I don't know about that. You know? And it's like, and and I do think too, that it's like, I always say it all, it takes one person to change a relationship when it comes to sexuality. So it's like, if you can start being more open about your desires, your partner will then start being more open about their desires too. And it actually becomes this like really beautifully connecting experience, but no one ever wants to be like the first one to do yeah. it for some reason. It's like, so vulnerable. Yeah. Cause you're like putting yourselves out there so much. Um, so yeah, so that's something where it's like, if you feel kind of freaked out or squiggy about like approaching this with your partner, just like come up with a little nice little elevator pitch and just be like, Hey, you know, this is actually like, it's like, yes, this is ideally, this feels good, but like, Hey, we're doing this for like my healing process and like my, my like growth as a human and just like my journey through life, um, helping me feel myself, helping me reconnect yeah. to my body. And something that I want to add to for the listeners, if like a clothespin sounds like a little too intense right off the bat, especially mm-hmm. if they're working with like dissociation, like don't feel like you have to go straight to pain or pinching at the mm. skin, but you can really use any household, ob- like a seat, like a DVD player. Notice oh, what yeah. the sensation of a DVD is or mm. a sponge or a or like wooden spoon or something. literally whatever. And it, do- yeah. and it doesn't have to be the slapping, but see if you can just tune into different textures, temperatures, yeah. sensations on the skin. And again, like kind of viewing somatic therapy and conscious kink in the, in the same avenue, like not thinking that it has to look a certain way because of how it's been presented, but mm-hmm. it really is just like anything in the world, especially with our sexualities and our relationship to ourselves, you get to really make it yours. Yeah. So I think that's so cool. I have a really powerful question. Mm-hmm. So how can somebody tune in to see if they're re-traumatizing themselves with this or if they're actually liberating themselves with this. I'm sure that's so good. Such a powerful question. Um, so, Ooh, but doesn't have an easy answer. So I would say, so maybe let's see. If I feel like if you're re-traumatizing yourself, you're going to feel pretty fucking terrible after Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be this, it's to me, I would describe it as a sinking feeling. Mm -hmm. Like it's this very kind of like, you feel like you're kind of pulling yourself down and, and, and like almost like, um, yeah, like you just don't like, and then feeling like, oh, like I'm so fucked for doing that. Or I shouldn't have done that. Like kind of like instant shame, but I want to differ, delineate that from the, the inevitable shame that will also come from kind of trying these new things and changing your story. Like that to me is more of like an electrical shame. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, there's, there's obviously some charge there because you're turned on by it. So I feel it. And it's funny. I'm like using, I'm like using so much hand stuff right now, but I feel it as like, like a tingling all over my body where you're just like, Oh, that was dirty. Or like, oh, that kind of like, I don't feel good about that, but damn, that was, or it was like releasing or, like, or healing. Yeah. Like there's like, okay, like this uh, expansion, like yeah. an expansion of sorts is how I would yeah. imagine it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This kind of expanding energy, even though it feels uncomfortable, even though it can be triggering. Whereas I feel like 
re-traumatizing is like a deep trigger. Like you are sinking into like kind of the lowest, darkest, like the shadows, but not in a good, not like, and then I'm I'm sure like with that energy too, like you'll see that kind of ripple out into other areas of your life. If your substance Mm -hmm. abuse is everything or your relationships are still dysfunctional versus I feel like if you are going into these practices and really healing or moving energy, it's like when you step out of these things, there's this sense of release, but you feel perhaps more open. You feel more confident. You feel safer in your body. I feel like maybe safety might be like a really big indicator of like, okay, do you, do you still feel like, um, I'm like punching over in the video, but like, or do you feel open? Like, do you feel more receptive and more in tuned with your body? And then perhaps I'm assuming perhaps, uh, being able, like if you're re-traumatizing yourself, then you're going to repeat that cycle that you need to go into this practice Mm -hmm. again and again and again, versus if it's conscious and again, moving, you can spend less time and start venturing out into other sensual, sexual, or life experience. Yeah. And I actually will say, it's so interesting that you say that because I like, I call it slow fucking because like the idea of like sensual sex, making love, like even I say like making love, I'm like, well, like I can't even like think about it. I'm just like, <laughs> no, like it has to be hard, weird, like whatever. But it, it was actually once I started exploring, like, you know, for me, my big one was the daddy thing. And it's like, once I started exploring that feeling really safe in that space, now I'm like an incredibly sensual person. Like if I hook up with somebody and they're going too hard, I'm like, uh, let's, let's chill it out a little bit. Let's slow it down. And they're like, I thought you were the kinky weirdo. I'm like, yeah, I am. I am. So like that's too, like, it's a goddamn, like I'm all, I'm the whole goddamn circle. Okay. Like, yes. I, I want it all. Like it's, <laughs> And it's so funny, like, honestly, I feel like intimacy that comes from slow fucking is kinky too. Yes. That's raw. That's vulnerable. You know what I mean? Versus like, again, like the pornographic thing, like there's, there's, it can be fun. There's sometimes where it's like fun, like, you know, really let's just do it in common, move on with ourselves. But like, there's a lot of scary things that happen when you're slow and intimate, you know, so much arises in you. And I love this, um, focus on safety too. And that's, that's kind of been like my new iteration, right? So it's like, I focus so much on safety, feeling safe in my body, feeling safe in my mind, but it's, it's interesting. I almost feel like feeling safe in my body happened a little bit faster in a weird way. Like I, I, it's almost like, as you can probably relate, like my body is so craving to be embodied. Right. It was just like, Oh, thank God. Like you finally fucking started paying attention to me. Like you've ignored me for 15 years. And like, uh, so it's almost like, I feel like actually pretty embodied way more than I used to be for sure. But it was still like, I was, I was definitely still having a lot of anxiety in my mind about things. And I realized that, um, that there is still this kind of, I don't want to call it a separation, but that it's like a compulsive. And I think because my um, kind of like trauma reaction is so compulsive Mm -hmm. that um, so that's what kind of got me on this whole, like um, kind of like self-defense, like learning MMA and like, which is also like a totally different form of embodiment where it's just like still, you're still like really in your body, but I was noticing that it's like, you know, around, like, I felt like I had healed so much around men, but that I also hadn't either. Like at the end of the day, I was like, oh shit. Like here I am thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good. I got this shit figured out. And I'm like, clearly I do not because I feel very uncomfortable, like in certain situations, like 
And I think this is, you know, a lot of us can speak to this way, whether you were sexually abused or not, but um, that it's like, there's just this kind of loss of power and loss of control that as women um, we deal with all the time. And so that's been like a really powerful thing for me this year is almost like, it's like, okay, I feel in control of my own body and and that control is maybe not a right word, but I feel very like you can protect um, yourself. Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can protect myself. And then, and now with this, it's almost like, instead of having those fear thoughts where it's like, Oh, you know, it's late at night and I'm in a parking lot and there's this other guy here. Like I feel uncomfortable. It's like all of a sudden, it's not that I'm necessarily, uh, like your guard is down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily that I'm removing the anxiety, but I'm almost repurposing it in a way Mm -hmm. that now it's like, okay, instead of being like, okay, there's me and this guy in a parking lot. I feel uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, I'm noticing there's a guy walking in the parking lot. I'm keeping an eye on that. I'm assessing the situation. There's, is this a threat? Is it not a threat? And so it's almost like, like it's still anxiety in some way, but it feels like so much more empowered and I feel so much stronger with it than just like, Oh God, what if something happens? What am I going to do? It's like, no, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Like everything's going to be fine. And And yeah, so it's almost like, it's kind of the same with conscious kink too, right? It's like, it's not that these kind of darker parts of ourselves disappear one day and all of a sudden we're like happy and at peace and enlightened. For me, so much of my life has just been kind of re, it's like a a river's flowing one way and you're like, all right, let's put a dam here. Let's open up this new river. Like, let's try to get this water flowing in a different direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to me, I always think of women doing self-defense as another form of self-love. Yes. Like, you oh, love completely. yourself, therefore you're going to protect yourself. So I really, really love that. Um, there's two things that I would love to ask now. One is going to be how you can create a healthy relationship with partners within the world of conscious kink. I know mm-hmm. that there's a lot of communication, you know, mm-hmm. a good back and forth. And then for the people that want to do it solo, like how can you make sure that you're a good conscious kink partner to yourself? Oh, okay. Great questions. So when it comes to exploring with someone else, I always say, do not rush into it. Like it is, I, I definitely did a lot of harm when I was younger because I was just like, ah, I'm going to try everything and I don't care who you are. I don't even know you that well, but you know, let's tie me up and call, I'll call you daddy. And we'll just, and they were like, Oh my God, it was was just like some weird situations that I got myself into 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Um, but so I will say, um, extreme, extreme trust, like deep, deep trust. Like this is not someone that you met off of FetLife who says he's into conscious kink or whatever. This is someone who you know, maybe some of your friends have played with he or she or they, whatever, um, has played with them before. Um, someone who has references, mm-hmm. someone who knows that someone who knows how to push boundaries, but not cross them. Mm-hmm. Because I do think it is important to, because if it's too easy and too fun, then it's not, you're not going to get any transformation. You want to float on the edge. You want to yeah. expand that, that threshold. Yep. Yep. So, and I would almost say like, cause I know there's people out there, like I'm kind of spoiled in the sense where I know a lot of kinky people. I have a lot of kinky friends. Like it's no problem for me to find experiences like this, but for a lot of us, it's, it's really hard. And maybe we live in areas where there's not a whole lot of people. And 
as long as it doesn't make you super uncomfortable, like I'm a huge fan of playing with your friends. And also what I think is something important to note with conscious kink too, and this is just what I recommend. It's not that it has to be this way, but I recommend at least the first few times taking orgasm out of the equation. Absolutely. Because you were talking about like, we do have such a linear, um, and orgasms are so powerful, so life-changing, so, um, like embodying, but if you get too focused on it, it takes away from the sensations and the feelings. And it's so interesting because after I come, it's like my whole body's going through this, like, like an ocean, like I'm just like waving. But if I don't come and I'm in like a sexual edging or whatever, it's like, it's back to that electrical feeling. Mm. And it's like, it's totally different sensation in my body. So in the beginning, you can actually do conscious kink with your friends and they're not getting you off or anything. If that makes you feel weird or you don't have to be like naked. Or yeah. I was going to say like, you can do it clothed and it doesn't like, for me, I haven't explored beta some sex wise. I've explored mm-hmm. it in like, like safe space. Like, Hey, let's chill. Like, yeah. Yeah. like I was telling you about yes. like her, I've tied her up a couple of times too. And we're just like chilling, having tea and having yes. this, this little experience. And that's a beautiful way of like intimacy intimacy and connection with your friends, you know, like, Uh, I think that's so, but continue. I just wanted to add that. Yeah. Yeah. And I guarantee you, your friends will be like, fuck yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. That's so cool. They'll be like, like, can you do this to me? Like, like it just becomes (laughs) this like fun little way of like holding space for each other. It's like how adults play. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And you can make it like really romantic and fun. Like you can wear sexy outfits. Again, big fan of aesthetics, big fan of ritual, light some candles, play some music and just like play. It doesn't have to be this like, oh, you know, would that be weird if you made me come kind of thing? But if it goes there and you guys are down, like, yeah. You and, then if we, do it, if, but. Exactly. and then I always think of like orgasm. That's also like a, just a big energetically charged thing. Like laughter mm-hmm. is a form of orgasm. Yes. Crying mm-hmm. is a form of orgasm. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to share that with your friend? You know, when you remove the story of, again, the constructs that society has given us of where an orgasm is supposed to happen and how Mm -hmm. it's supposed to happen. And it's like, actually, no, I would love for my best friends to just experience and not even, not even necessarily experience orgasm. I would love to create a space where my girlfriends can move energy through their own bodies in whatever way that looks like, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think, yeah, definitely focusing on, the container and someone that you really trust, if it is someone you don't know very well. Um, but yeah, just, but also just playing with it at first. Yeah. And then if you and your friends or you on your own, you're kind of like, okay, so I kind of played with this thing. I think I really like, like, I definitely really like it. Now I kind of want to go into like this more kind of intense, like fantasy scenario or like, I want to be, um, what is it like <laughs> strung up? Um, suspended. <laughs> I was yeah. like strung up in the ropes, <laughs> suspended, like where that's like a really intense physical experience. Then you can seek out someone who has a lot of experience and then you're coming to them because that's the thing. Like a lot of these BDSM people, tops, um, dominatrixes, whatever, like they want to know, they don't want to f- play with you if you're uncomfortable with things right. or you don't know your boundaries yet, or you don't know what feels good and what. And I would say a good dom. Yeah. And I was going to say like a good dom is going to actually make sh- a good dom is going to make sure that you know, your boundaries and that mm-hmm. you'll talk about communication and like what y'all's codes are. Yeah. And then another thing that I want to say too, is like, you talked about like making sure that the person you interact with is somebody that you trust, like 
it's going to, I feel like we don't even really have that in, in our regular partnerships. Like, can you tell this person, <laughs> right. can you tell this person all your insecurities, your fears, mm-hmm. where you're getting triggered, what you need more of, what you need less of. And it really is like, again, I think of BDSM as one of the most intimate things two two or more, or one person can do with themselves or with other people on an emotional, mental, energetic, and physical level. Yeah. Because completely. so much of yourself is going to need to be open and seen and received. And then same for both parties, both in all parties, you know? Yep. Yep. And, and then kind of moving into the next part about like how, how to have like a really, what was the question again? Uh, to be your own partner, like uh, for people mm. who are ready to do it with other people, like how can you respect your own boundaries or have that communication yeah. with yourself? Mm. Okay. So I would, and even just kind of backing up even a little bit further, these things that maybe have some shame to them. Like you, maybe you watched a porn one time or you saw a picture online or someone was like, Oh, you know, let's use mommy as an example. And you're like, Oh, okay. That I feel something. I moved a little song. song. Mm, That's (laughs) interesting. Like, so even just, um, the first part is just kind of sitting with that Mm. and maybe even, um, and kind of for me again, because my brain is my biggest kinky tool. Like I love, excuse me, I just burped. It's like, it's funny for some reason I was like, they won't be able to hear it. And I'm like, oh, my, my microphone's <laughs> right next to my face. I didn't hear it. You're good though. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, like um, kind of seeking that out, like almost it's kind of, maybe sounds kind of cheesy, but like creating like a mood board, right. Where it's like, okay, like what is, and it doesn't have to be like a physical mood board, but just kind of like maybe following some Instagram accounts that kind of like put you in that kind of tingly, like maybe boundary pushing state or, um, uh, what else? Um, oh yeah. Reading. Oh my God. This is a great one. Erotic fiction, because oh. I feel like, um, Porn is so, you guys know, it's, it's, it's a lot sometimes. And it's, yeah. it's not necessarily the best place for sexual exploration. Like sometimes it can open us up to new things, but otherwise um, I think erotic fiction, especially for women is way more powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and you've kind of feel like you're really in the story and that will expose, it'll expose you to some fucked up shit. But in like, you're just like, Oh my God. Like you're like, like with your arousal towards these things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a way that doesn't feel so like, you know, in your face, like porn, but like erotic fiction is like a way to be like, Ooh. And so maybe you're reading a book about a mommy experience or like whatever, or you read, maybe you get like an anthology that has like a bunch of them. And you're just kind of like, let me read this story. Okay. Maybe that's not my thing, but Oh my God, that tentacle story, like really just sent me over the edge. (laughs) So I love it. So yeah, kind of creating. um, And also for me, kind of what makes kink conscious versus unconscious and honestly not that one is better than the other right like sometimes we just masturbate and I just want to just jerk off before I go to bed so that I relax like it doesn't have to be this like expansive you know ritual experience um but other times it's like for me it's just all about the intention so when you're bringing intention to the space while also leaving a lot of room for play especially in the beginning especially if it's kind of scary to you definitely lots of play and just kind of like Um, oh, and this is also something that I do with my clients as well. Let me think of how I do it. Um, it's almost like creating like a little (laughs) sexual plan for yourself. I can't think of like a better word for it, but, um, but basically I go through and make a little list. So it's like once a week or, and it could start once a day, 
once a week, once a month, um, once a year. And then just, this is my bucket list of things I want to try. So you can start if you want to be more embodied, right? Obviously it's best if you do it every day, but it's also not that big of a deal if you don't either. So you could start out with once a week, once a week, I am going to take the time because that's the thing. It's like, it sounds so lame, like scheduling sex, but it's like, or, you know, BDS schedule your workouts, you know, like, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I think we have it in our head that it's like, Oh, if I schedule it, like it's not as cool, but it's like, exactly. We schedule so much in our lives and it's so much easier for us to avoid things when we don't have it scheduled. (laughs) So I'm like, that's a very practical tip. Like it's very good to just be like, you know what? Once a week, I am going to light a few candles, turn on some music that I like and take like, um, my hands and just like slowly rub them all over my body and just like focus on the sensation of how that feels. Or it could be like once a week, I'm going to, uh, read this like really spicy erotic fiction book that I'm into or something, especially if it's fantasy is something that you want to experiment with, but necessary, but bringing it to your partner, or if you don't have a partner, right. It's like, you know, whatever, um, something like online role-playing rooms, like, like the old school, like weird chats that are like, you might be just chatting with like a random person. And that could be weird in its own way, but again, don't take it too seriously. Right. Like just, just have fun, just kind of like play with being anonymous. Like that's actually, that's one of my kinks that I really like is just kind of like playing with being a little anonymous and just kind of like, okay, well, let me just see, like, see, or read some articles or something. Um, it's kind of just like playing, just kind of dipping your toes into it while you're still kind of building this story, this ritual, this experience. So then by the time, like you really want to be like, okay, now we're doing the kidnapping thing and it's going to be so good because I know that this is what I like. I know that this is what I do not like. Um, this is the part of it. Oh, sorry. I'm just kind of a squirrel brain right now, but, um, something too, that I think is really important with conscious kink is to identify the emotions behind the, the desire. Mm. So for example, like my daddy thing, right? Well, actually what I really like about the daddy thing, it's like, yeah, okay. There's this whole like thing, how it relates to my trauma, how it doesn't. And that's, that's hot to me. But also what I really want is to be like really special and really loved. So it's like, I'm actually like, I'm, I know this is my question. I ask everybody, are you a good girl or a bad girl? Because everyone's one or the other. Right. And then it's like, and I am a good girl. Like I love like lots of praise and feeling really safe and really loved. And like, I only discovered that through kind of experimentation and playing around with it because, you know, when I was daddy's bad girl, I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is not what I'm into. Like, don't punish me. Excuse me. Like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, so kind of playing with like, and that also helps us feel less shame about it too, because it's like, Hey, the daddy thing is just a tool. Same with like, the rope is just a tool for me to access these deeper parts of myself and access these emotions that I never got to experience when I was a kid. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, to me, really focusing on like the emotion. And for some people, 
And maybe the emotion is humiliation. And they're kind of like, oh, okay. Like, or embarrassment. That's what, so for me, I'm not really into humiliation, but I like a little bit of embarrassment and like, like your cheeks kind of blushing and you're just like, oh my goodness, how did that happen? Or like, oh, well, I didn't expect that kind of thing. Um, But it helps me realize that it's like, maybe I do have some of these more extreme kinks, but really like, like my, I guess one of my more extreme ones is like my gynecological fetish. Like I love the speculums and like the whole thing. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, that's kinky and weird and hot, but also it's like, I just like being exposed. I like my legs being open and someone kind of looking at all my most intimate parts and being like, and blushing and being like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like you can see everything like blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, well, like some kinks are really just that simple, right? Yeah. Like it's not, and it's just a different, yeah. It's, it goes back to like the, <laughs> the emotion, the energy that is circulating through the body mm-hmm. and, and how that plays. And one thing that I would love to add for, for uh, the people that are starting off uh, is also whenever certain triggers comes up, like there's so mm-hmm. many times whenever I first started my practice and it wasn't even kink, it was like sensual touch. Mm-hmm. And I would just be so triggered and so like, I mean, it would be like me bawling my eyes out, like touching myself. Mm-hmm. It looked silly. It felt horrendous. Right. And to be the conscious partner for yourself in that space is like, can you hold your emotions? Mm-hmm. Can you not like degrade yourself or talk down to yourself because yeah. a trauma or a trigger or pain is coming up? And if that means stopping the session and just holding mm-hmm. yourself and getting a cup of tea, beautiful. If it means slowing down, if it means uh, kind of maybe you like leaving the proper, your hand on that part of the body where that emotion rose yeah. from, it's like oh. in, in the same way that you would want a partner to hold you and, and embrace you when you're feeling low, do that for yourself too. Cause I know when we're alone, it's so easy. We're our biggest critic. It's so easy okay. to abandon ourselves. It's so easy to disrespect ourselves, especially in our inner dialogue. So like there's these beautiful juicy sides to it too. And then there's also like, we have to be conscientious of like, Oh, some gunk is going to come up and please love yourself and be a conscious partner for yourself in that time also. And then perhaps afterwards, like whenever, you know, you feel more grounded journal about it or record like, okay, this felt really good until this point. And once this point came, like, this is how I felt. And I moved energy from my, from my body, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, so good. So good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. It sounds so beautiful. I really like how we touched on like the wild side of like just conscious kink and like just Mm -hmm. have fun with it. Be an adult, like, you know, have fun. And then the ways that it can be very traumatizing. And then the Mm -hmm. ways that it can just be that middle ground of reconnecting for yourself. Like I said, like I haven't tried it in the bedroom to me, it doesn't like sexually arouse me. Mm -hmm. It arouses my heart. Like my heart feels so open. I feel safe. I feel seen. I feel like I can express any emotion and somebody or myself is going to be there. Yes. So yeah. And, and, in the world of conscious kink and the, I, I feel like it's in the world of conscious kink is like, how many different ways can you connect to yourself? <laughs> I was thinking of it like a, it's like an art, like it's like an art yeah. form almost because it's like, it can be just so many, there's so many different expressions of it. And and that you are really kind of the um, the conductor of the whole thing. Like you get to choose and you get to try things. Like that's that's what I want to emphasize the most. It's just like there's no harm in trying, even if it 
you know, trigger triggers you, if it feels sticky or whatever, like then you can either be like, okay, that's a hard no for me. Right. Or it can be like, I'm, I'm going to work through this. Yeah. Maybe not today, but maybe like, I'll, I'll try that again. Another time. Like I always say, I'll try anything three times just because who knows like what kind of headspace you were in the first time. Maybe you were with a weird person the second time, but that I tried things the third time and I've been like, okay, this is it. Like <laughs> Try it three times. I love that. That is hilarious. And so true. in so many different energies, like even if you're doing it with the same person, like those are different energies coming at once. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So y'all can be in different spaces and, and you, yeah. So that's cool. I love that. I'm going to start. Yeah. What is it yep. again? I always try. Yeah. I'll, I always say, uh, I'll try anything three times. I'll try anything three times. I love it. <laughs> oh, Very man. cool. Is there anything else you want to add mm. to the mix? I know. I don't think so. so I feel like we like pretty much covered everything. That was that's, and this is amazing. This is, I think, like the deepest talk about conscious kink I've ever done. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, so we good. went in. Thank you so much for sharing. Like there, we, I, again, I really love how you were so open and like discussing like the thick, like the stickiness or the trauma that it rooted mm-hmm. from. And then your own personal exploration of like, oh, actually this is just a way for me to express myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm also doing other things too with my life. So that's <laughs> yes, <fucking> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's become this like really beautiful kind of like vehicle that got me out of my, um, like my biggest trauma brain, right. Where I was like, Oh, now I feel like I have control over my life, like control over my body. Like I feel so good. And then now it's like with the self-defense stuff, I'm like, and now I'm working on having control over everything else. I'm yeah. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So how can people reach you? Do you have any courses? I know you have uh, a retreat launching here pretty soon. Oh yeah. So that's going to be, I've got a bunch of things that are kind of just like in, in the melting pot still. Um, so I want to do a retreat. Um, this will be next year in the desert. I live out in Joshua tree. And it's funny because like, I love, like, I love retreats and the idea of them, but I'm also just like kind of wild and crazy. So the idea of like waking up and meditating for an hour and eating all vegan meals, I'm like, you know, that's not going to be my retreat. Like my retreat is like, let's do some mushrooms and go look at the mountains. And then like, you can shoot guns if you want to. Like, I want to have like a firearms, um, like specialist there, you know, so we're not just like, I was about to say, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But have it just kind of, um, the way that I see it going is this kind of like initiative weekend, right? So it's like, you kind of start out in like one part of the initiation and then it gets like deeper and deeper and deeper. And then it's like, that it just becomes kind of this own like journey in and of itself. So that's like something that I'm super stoked about. I'm going to keep my eyes open because yeah, that sounds so interesting. And, um, and then as far as like courses and stuff, I've been kind of like, I kind of shelved my courses this year just because I wanted to really kind of take time and make sure that everything was coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. And so the one that's still my favorite that I'm definitely going to run again is seduce your shadow. Yeah. I love so, that one. Yeah. I, that so one so I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. And that one, we go really into like personas and like really, and that one is like, like if you've gotten to the point where you're like, okay, I've gone to therapy, like I've kind of addressed like the roots scariest parts of my trauma but it's still affecting me and I just want like to fucking sexually blossom into this like kinky sex goddess then like 
Seduce Your Shadow is definitely, definitely the one to see. And then, um, yeah. And then I want to just do like my vision right now. I'm not sure how it's going to look, but I want to do this thing called the Bad Girls Club. Love it. (laughs) You're just kind of like, I I feel like it's going to be like a mastermind or like a monthly membership, which fell off my chair almost. Um, I'm like, okay, that means I have to do it. But, um, but yeah, so the Bad Girls Club is coming. It's probably going to be like a membership monthly thing where it's just like, yeah, just a space to just be wild and crazy and fun. And that, um, yeah, that's been a big thing for me with spirituality this year. And I think of why I felt kind of stuck in it was because I was like, I felt like I had to be this like high ascended conscious being all the time. And I'm like, no, like you can just be wild and crazy and conscious too. And that there's, that there's a balance obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like where I'm going and where my kind of like cowboy desert journey is taking me is just like do fun shit, like talk to the spirits, like listen to what they're saying, trust your intuition and just have fun. Like don't overthink it. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Lenore. Yes, it was an absolute pleasure. Such a juicy conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And uh, my Instagram. So I have two Instagrams. My main Instagram is Lenore black underscore. And then I have kind of my fun, like cowgirl personal one. That's a uh, cheap Western smut. <laughs> yes. I love it. And it's so good too. It's like, it was so cowgirl with it. I was like, Oh, so cowgirl. it's like, I'm like, dude, I'm really in a cowboy phase of my life. Like, I, I don't know how it happened, but it's like giving me everything I need right now. So I love perfect. it. You know, it's cool. I just came back from Tulum and I told people, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm from Texas. And they're like, Oh, like, are you a cowgirl? I'm like, no, Oh my God. It's like, yeah, these, I mean, it's like with conscious kink, right? It's just parts of ourselves that are just like fun fantasies to explore, you know? And so I'm like, I did the sexual one. Now I'm just doing the cowgirl one, whatever that is, but it's yeah. fun. <laughs> word, word. Well, thank you again. And well, thank you so much. The Shushbox podcast is brought to you by the team at Shushbox. We are a wellness platform created by survivors for survivors. For more information, head to www.shushbox.com and check us out on Instagram at underscore shushbox.